Welcome to S-Class, the highest tier in podcasting. With me is the Italian pop idol sensation. It's Ruby, Roberto. Ruby? I don't want to be Ruby. <laughs> I want to be the front. <laughs> I'm the center of this pop team idol group. We need a third person to create a center. <laughs> and I am your host, not the center, the half dog, 100% fitness YouTuber, Juan Juan. Juan Juan. That's a pretty good name. I would subscribe to that channel. Not S-Class, but that. Do you know what Juan Juan is? I do not. I have no idea. It is the onomatopoeia for what a dog makes instead of barking in Japan. It's Juan Juan. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was just your name since your name is Justin and you were just going like doing it in like an accent. <laughs> I don't know who, who I've offended at this point. <laughs> You're an asshole. Today, we are talking about Oshinoko, the hottest series of, I don't know, last season. I think it's the hottest series of the year. Come on. I think I think it might be the hottest and most surprising series of the year. I watched it in like three days after I watched that 80-minute Goliath of a first episode, and I told Rob to watch it, our last podcast, and you finished it in like less than a week, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I think three days for me as well. I mean, the second <laughs> I got like really into it it was just oshino holy fucking shit this is the best thing i've watched all year like i, I mean that's that's the fucking title that of our podcast today yeah it, it's nuts that first episode was just mind-blowing it was one thing after another that i had no idea this was coming and going into it like i heard like mentions and brief things about like the plot so in my mind i just pieced them all together i thought it was a pop star gets reincarnated as a gynecologist and that was it <laughs> that was all I like knew about it, and I was wrong. So, <laughs> so things went in a very different direction than I expected. I remember I, I read the first two paragraph synopsis. I was like, "This seems so pants on head stupid," and it is just another isekai bullshit. And then it was only because I saw the eighty minute first episode, like how long it was, and I started reading the comments there that I even gave it a chance. Because even the art style, like the sparkly eyes, I was like, "I'm going to hate this." This is one of those new age bullshit animes, and it totally was not. No, it most it definitely was not. I was just like, I actually, before you even watched it, tried to watch it, and I got like 30 seconds in, and then I just like sat there and was like, I don't have like an hour and a half in me to watch one episode of content right now. But like, after I heard your hype for it, I was like, okay, I got to do this. And like, <laughs> I, it didn't even feel like an hour and a half. It just sped by. Like, how were you feeling after the first episode or by the end of it? And we're going straight into spoilers for those listening. Go watch it if you have not. We have to, yeah. I just felt, I think, shock and awe were the words that come to mind. And I, I just kind of sat there after the first episode ended and was like, what? <laughs> what? I was so hurt. Like, I was like, 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 it was a masterpiece in the way that I use that word too much, probably. But this one really felt like it. And at the very end, I was seriously heartbroken by, by the loss of I. Oh, yeah. I mean... Especially for me, like, I didn't know that was coming, like, at all. So I thought, like, it was just going to be, like, here's the next stage of their life. Like, you know, they both got a second chance at at living, and they're living their dream. So let's see, like, how she raises them to be different from her. Nah, not an option. Like, I was no. devastated because I, I genuinely thought it was just going to be, like, a nice, happy, like, slice of life where they're just making up for, you know, the tragedy and making the best of it all. And that was not what it was. <laughs> I, I think the other thing that surprised me about the entire first episode is just the entire range of emotions that it takes you through. First, it's like 
this guy's kind of a creepy perper doctor. And then it's like, oh my God, there's a murder. And then uh, it's like a comedy. It's an isekai. Then it's a comedy. Then it's a drama. And then all of a sudden it's a murder mystery. Then it's a tragedy. <laughs> then it's a fucking tragedy. And and I just remember the thought I was going to have was last podcast we were talking, you're like, yeah, and then the idol dies, right? And I was like, no, the doctor dies. <laughs> and then I was like trying to backtrack to make sure you didn't know the spoiler before you got but into it. But what I thought was that the idol dies and becomes the gynecologist. So I was like way <laughs> off. So the idol did die. But by then I was like, oh, okay. So it's not that the idol died. It's that the gynecologist died and becomes the idol, the idol's child but then the idol does die <laughs> totally different path than you're expecting at all yeah oh yeah where do we go from here rob i mean we could talk about waifus we could talk about husbandas we could talk about the the middle dating arc or the recruitment arc there's just so many avenues we can explore i mean i guess we get the most important thing out of the way first which is waifus and husbandos obviously right I mean, that takes precedence. You can't have a conversation without getting that out of the way. You know, get our feelings out there so that when we're fighting, you know, it's, it's just not like seeping into everything else. I propose that we just did waifus, but Rob needs to talk about husbandos for the three oh, males yeah. that Big are in this time. entire show. Big time. So <laughs> start with first husbandos? off, no, let's start with waifus. I want you to guess my waifu and I want to guess yours. Well, are we including stepmama or no? No, no, she's, she's out of the picture. Like she's the default. Miyako, step on me, mama. Like your your perfection, <laughs> like it's not even a contest. So you know we're taking her out of the picture. Might also be extremely stupid. Not sure about Miyako because she <laughs> believes that the babies are gods and then totally forgets that plot point. Just raises them like her uh, children. She's running a great production company, so clearly everything worked out for her. And her sleazeball husband high. left. You know, she's and great. She has pion pion, so she's doing great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if this is the best girl for you, but she reminds me of you, and it's Mem. <laughs> Mem is a Christmas cake. What are we going to do what with Mem? What does that even mean? What, is, what does Mem is a mean, Christmas cake mean? So in Japan, Christmas cake is a term that for women, if they're over the age of 25, they're useless. So if they call <laughs> a girl a Christmas cake, like Christmas after the 25th, you don't want Christmas cake. So, That's so she's, she's ancient. <laughs> When they said that she was like, I lied about my age by a couple of years, I was like, Asians don't age. So like, is she about to tell me that she's 40 or something? And she's like, I'm Asian, I'm 25. I was like, okay, like it didn't freak me out nearly as much. Uh, but I think what I like about Mem is she's sort of a little bit mischievous, it feels. And she's like, kind of not look, she's not here for the romance. She's just here for the shenanigans. She definitely keeps things light. Yeah. But that's what reminds me of you. But I don't want, my waifu isn't me, you know? I don't want somebody that's like me as a waifu. No, we can only handle one of you in this world. <laughs> this is this is a hard one. I'm not gonna. I'm not sure if you're going for like a real top tier waifu or you're gonna like throw throw a curveball. So I'm gonna go with Fureru. You're like who's that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you even know who that no, is? It's Kana. It's Kana. It's, that's the, the. Oh, she's the worst. Oh my god, are you kidding me? She's Kana the absolute worst. She sucks. She's perfection. She knows how good she is, and she knows she's worth it. She's the only Just person absolute. in the entire show that I click like. I knew you right hate her. Key. I knew, knew, knew you would hate her. Kana's gonna end up winning the Aqua Bowl, so I'm not even worried about like anything you're gonna bring up because she's got it like in the bag. This is New England Patriots, you know, circa Tom Brady in his prime. She's got this locked up. Ruby is clearly best girl. This is not even an argument. The the wink. I thought that, you were gonna go Akane that, actually. Which one's Akane? Oh, the suicidal one. 
<laughs> she's also too, she's too relatable. <laughs> I thought you'd want something a little broken. <laughs> she hits too close to home for me. <laughs> no, no, no. I do like her though. I like how she goes from like guess- <laughs> suicidal and useless to like the most competent actress in the entire world. But then it's also Aqua. I will murder anybody for you. Just like give me an address and they're dead. <laughs> I do like her. She's my second favorite. I like I like how she becomes Batman after like the first scene. Like after the first whole like four episodes of her having a mental breakdown, she's secretly like a private eye detective and also an actress. Yeah, that. <laughs> she really uh she really had a storyline ham-fisted in there that i was not expecting like that, that was part, you know what, that's what i really like about this part- no no just like everything the fact that she even had a story like that's the that's the beauty of oshidoko is that like i don't really know when a character is going to become relevant and then they're so organically made a part of the plot yes yeah you i mean it's like totally not ham-fisted it just feels like a no, yeah i, I used the wrong word yeah 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 but i just mean like all these characters are part of the series and then all of a sudden they just become such an organic natural part of the series it's so like well done like you think that the black hair girl yuki is probably going to be like the main girl we're going to be toying with on this dating show but then she sort of takes a total back seat compared to uh right. Kane. oh yeah. you know what another good guess for you would have been minami the pink-haired graver model <laughs> i was thinking about that one too yeah <laughs> maybe she gets your the country bumpkin place. yeah she's uh we're, we're gonna do a waifu tier list at some point following this episode she's definitely double d tier this might be one of the hardest fights we will ever have because it seems like we're way off on a lot of our waifus for oshinoko i really like frill also the green hair one the one who's like super serious but secretly funny secretly hilarious yeah but there was not enough screen time for her there wasn't but there's gonna be and she's she's given me enough of like an inkling of who she's gonna be that i like her to get you excited i respect that i i, I haven't seen enough yet though it's, it's kind of a shitty pick for me that i like ruby ruby's just like the generic like innocent and sweet but like that one like wink at the end of episode 11 that she gives to kana that that sent me that was i was like the old okay. man in the audience but here's the thing kana is the center and even aqua who is you know obviously lives to murder his father for what he did to i sees i in kana like that's 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 why kana is going to win the aqua bowl like she's she is the reincarnation of i not actually but like you know she is the she is the new face of bikomachi I mean, let's relax a little bit. Everyone has a little bit of eye in them. Fucking Ruby has this twinkle eye. Fucking Akane can copy and paste eye. Kana has eye. Like, they're everyone. So don't make it like it's special. <laughs> it's like the Sharingan. <laughs> He's like, you're the last surviving member. Do you know that they call it, uh, all the comments are like, the Sharingan? <laughs> the Sharingan? That's hilarious. Yeah. When, uh, when Akane copies it and then all of a sudden, like, Aqua's mesmerized, they're like, oh no, the Sharingan. The story, God, that's genius. I I have not heard that somehow, but I love it's it. Very good. Now it, it's it's Kana good. though. Kana's Kana's best girl. Kana is I. She's the face of the next generation. She's Kana. She's God. But who gives a shit? You know, like I isn't even best girl. So like whatever. Oh, Kana this isn't this isn't the waifu ranking. Let's put this to the side for now. Let's put and this talk to the side. That's bandos, a whole which is what I'm really really hurt here for is husbandos. <laughs> So I listed out the three husbandos that I could think of off the top of my head. There's obviously Aqua, Director Chan, and Manager San, who sucks. Who's the fourth one? No, no, one? you forgot. Pian Pian. No, not even Pian Pian. You forgot Meltkun. Who the fuck is Meltkun? 
<laughs> he's the purple-haired kid that's a terrible actor the model oh, the one who's like a total dickhead uh in the <laughs> yeah. in the warehouse yeah meltkun <laughs> is meltkun your husband though oh big time yeah no it's director son i love director son <laughs> oh you know what best girl's actually his mom his mom's the oh, fucking okay best. that's a, that's a good choice as well yes <laughs> I can't think you don't um, remember Meltcoot. How could you forget? How could I forget? You did. Speaking of that scene, like, I love how they, the voice acting was, like, low-key, just so amazing. And then you could even tell that the voice acting was bad. Like, they had professional voice actors come in to voice act bad voice actors. And I thought Which that is, was amazing. Yeah. Always impressive when, like, you're a professional and you have to act as somebody in your profession, but poorly. So, like, when you're able to do that, that's, like, a whole another level of being, you know, an excellent voice actor. So that's yeah, why Melt Kunis he... has Bando tier. <laughs> he earned it. No, the, the voice actor of Melt Kun <laughs> might be has Bando tier, but Melt Kun sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, Melt Kun sucks. I'm just playing around. I, I do love director San, though. I love how he calls Aqua Precious. It's just funny and cute. He doesn't call him Precious. He calls him Precocious. I kept reading it as Precious. <laughs> That's fucking creepy. Wait, are you sure it wasn't precious? I'm a thousand percent sure he was calling him precocious <laughs> since he was like four years old because like Aqua's a 40-year-old or 30-year-old man inside of a four-year-old body. I thought he was just like ironically calling him precious because he's a three-year-old that acts like, you know, like a grown man. So he was just like ironically calling him precious. For the same exact reasons, he's calling him precocious. So I guess we're both right. Either way, it's hilarious. <laughs> Yes, yes. We we had such high hopes for Director Chan, Director Kuhn. I like Chan for Director Chan. Director Chan. We had such high hopes for him because he created that movie and then like Aqua does such a good job and then like 10 year time skip and he's like living in his mom's basement. And that's also another thing. I, I keep like having squirrel brain jumping around because it's also so hilarious, even though it's a murder mystery. Like every time he's trying to give aqua an inspirational speech his mom interrupts him and is like come eat dinner shut the fuck up come outside Stop. why are you still living with that me? whole thing was hilarious and it just it just breaks up typical cliches and it's so self-aware it's all oh no it's also sort of really good at like transitioning from serious to funny to mysterious without like without it seeming like out of place like all everything about it flows so nicely like you have a in the same episode you have a girl about to you know jump off a bridge but also just like moments where you're cracking up like that and it, it doesn't feel like it's out of place it, it just so masterfully combines all these different emotions and genres uh, it it really just like blew my mind in that regard too yeah it, i don't know how it does it because like usually we've seen we've seen enough anime that we can sort of see the trope coming but i guess because it's just so well written and well directed it just naturally flows from these really low lows of like sadness to like hilarious to yeah how can you have back-to-back -back episodes of a girl about to commit suicide and the next episode's like a pion pion <laughs> and an idol group recruitment arc all in the same yeah. two episodes next to each other i mean like think about what you what you just said yeah you have a guy that wears a duck head <laughs> for a living <laughs> And then you have this girl jumping off a bridge, and this is the same series, and it they both fit in so normally and organically. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I don't know what much else we could say besides how much we love this, but also, at the same time, we dove straight in, and anyone who's listened to this without watching this is like, what the fuck are they talking about? 
<laughs> Honestly, even if you've watched it, it's still, you know, it's still everywhere, but it still makes sense. Like, it's everywhere and all over the place, but it still feels cohesive. I don't know how it does it. Like, I'd really need to spend some time and just, like, deep dive, analyze, like, how the hell does it make this work? Okay, we've been gushing, though, and I think we've gushed more than enough. Let's talk about the things that maybe were a little iffy on or things that were kind of second guessing or questioning, if you have any, because I I do, actually. Yeah, you mentioned that to me the other day, and I was like, besides the first, like, 20, 30 minutes where Dr. Sounds kind of creepy, which isn't even that big of a deal to me, I didn't have any issues. My big issue is with Aqua, and there feels like there's too big of a disconnect between Aqua the kid and Aqua the doctor. And I know he acts, you know, older and he has mannerisms and everybody thinks, you know, oh, you 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 talk like an old man, you sound so old. But it doesn't feel like anything from Aqua's life as another person other than like his education and mannerisms actually come into play. You know, obviously he's obsessed with I, but that was as a result of, you know, what's her name's death. And I get that that's a defining part of who he was as a doctor, but it just doesn't feel, it it feels like they're two different characters. Whereas with Ruby, it makes more sense to me. Yeah. I think they acknowledge this as well, where he's like, my mind has finally caught up to this body. Like he sort of had to like restart and he kind of became a new person. Yeah, I I, I get that, but it just, it feels like he's, I don't want to say too depressed, but it feels like he's the one that I would expect to be a little stronger based on everything that he's already gone through. And it just feels like he's so disconnected from everyone in his life that cares about him that it, it feels like, you know, you had a traumatic experience where this, you know, young girl that you cared about died in the hospital alone and you were the only one there for her. And, you know, obviously we don't know whether he knows Ruby is her or not, but he's still kind of like, it keeps everyone at that distance. And it just, I guess, kind of feels like to me that there shouldn't be as much of that. There, there should be some like heart to him. And yeah, we had the mo- the really awesome moment in the last episode where he's supporting all of them from the front, <laughs> but everything he does feels manipulative and planned anyway. Like it, the only he re- feels very light. The only reason, yeah, he feels very light. That's exactly it. He feels like light from Death Note. Like yeah, he's supporting them. And at face value, it seems like a really nice moment. But the only reason he wants them to be so successful is that he can find, you know, his father and kill him. That's the, that's his main goal for literally everything he's doing. So do you have a problem with who he is before I as well? Like before the end of episode one, you're not really feeling that or just episode two and onward? I think it's more episode two and onward when we see who he is, you know, as a young adult, because he's not a young adult. He's he's like lived through 45 years of life, but it still feels like he's just a kid like light that has a narrow worldview and is so hell bent on revenge that he's willing to basically manipulate and destroy every actual relationship he has. It doesn't bother me that much. And I guess the reason why I say this is because I think at the end of his first life as a doctor, he sort of accepts his death. Like he says, well, that kind of fucking sucks. And like, yeah, 
like the young girl, I don't think she ever accepts it because she never really got to live. So when she gets reborn, she's like so excited and she's like, I'm going to start my life anew. Whereas him, like he's just sort of like, this feels like a video game to me almost like, let's just go with the motion and just like fuck around. Like he's not trying hard. He's not, he doesn't need to relive life because he sort of did it already. And then like the one thing that kind of kept it like so amazing for him, which was I like it gets taken away from him. So therefore that's his pinnacle of that's his North star of where he's going to do with the rest of his life. Cause he's already lived his life. I his get that. I, it's obviously not a major problem. You know, I, I love the series. We're both, I'm guessing going to give it an incredibly high, you know, ranking, but that is the one thing that I'm always <laughs> kind of like in the back of my head is like, Aqua, you're kind of just light, you know, you, you, you don't actually care about anyone. You're kind of a sociopath and I get it. Your, your, your idol slash mom, kind of was stabbed to death in front of you and bled out while she was holding you that's probably pretty traumatizing for a three-year-old slash 38 year old but like you know <laughs> well, let's move on guys <laughs> I, I could see it both ways and i totally agree with you he is a totally different character but for me it no, didn't that's, feel that's completely unnatural. fair it's just i guess i it's because ruby seems like everything about her first life into her second life makes sense to me that it just makes me feel a little more questioning of Aqua. Yeah. And that might be by design. I mean, the mystery is a, is the leading, you know, factor of this series. So, you know, we don't need to know everything about him or his past yet. So, you know, that's that's early on. This is just season one. So, you know, it's a very small remark. Do you have any other, not gripes, but like nitpicks that you'd like to bring up? Because I really... I'm trying to think of it. And besides Kana's monologuing about how depressed and unloved she is, uh, I don't Shut have up. any issues. <laughs> she fucking sucks. No, I, I would say like if my only problem with the series other than the Aqua thing is that I want more of other characters. Like I'd love more director Chan. I'd love more Miyako. I'd love more Pion Pion. That's, that's a compliment. It just means like, I want to see more of all these characters, but you only have so much space and time for all of them. So that that's not even a complaint. Just cut out some of Kanasan and throw a little bit more frill okay. in there, and okay. and we're in great shape. Or throw some All right. some Minami San in there. Let's put some Gravur model well, in there. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> I guess moving forward, two questions. Number one, are you going to move to the manga? Because I'm going to wait for the anime because it was just too good of a production for me to go. Manga. Yeah, this is an excellent anime, and as much as I want to start reading it, this was just way too spectacular of an anime and. I know, especially after the success of this first season, that it's going to, you know, be done well when it comes back out for the next season. So I'm going to wait as well, I think. I really hope so. I mean, like, you would think that, but like, if you think well, about one Yeah, punch you have Man, One Punch Man and Attack on Titan. Those are series that have, yeah, you're right. So, you know. You can never tell. But yeah, I really hope that they continue with the same team. The The second question I had for you was, what is more enticing for you? The actor route? The idol arc or the mystery route it's the mystery for me i i felt that the slower points for me or the points where i was like let's get back to it were the idol parts and then the aqua actor parts went along with the mystery so like i yeah. kind of you know lumped that into one but as far as season one went the idol parts felt like the slower parts still good still I great but i i was really really i was more enticed by the mystery aspect honestly i don't know if it's like the I, I think in general, I really did like the idol parts, like the 
lightness of like Mem and Ruby fighting over who's going to be center, and they both suck at karaoke. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that was hilarious. Them going on the training arc <laughs> with Young Bell Pepper God. Girl, <laughs> Bell Pepper Girl, and then the 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 cake to end it all with that performance. That might have been the most beautifully animated sequence I've seen in God knows how long. <laughs> you know, I've watched that like you know six what's funny, times. Justin, we. One of our favorite anime from last year, and I think what might have been one of both of our favorite anime that we watched for the first time last year was your boy Kong Ming. And yeah, it's song like the way it animated its music and songs was atrocious and non-existent. It was a PowerPoint. <laughs> so then like after that being one of our favorite series last year to go into Oshinoko this year, it's like insane how amazing this was. Yeah, like, I think Kongming made it to number three last year on Anime of the Year with, like, a PowerPoint slide of animation. If this doesn't make it to number three or higher, it's going to be like, wow, what, these these are not being weighed the same. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I just, I can't see how this isn't, like, top two, honestly. I, I would be blown away if it doesn't make it top two, and... Yeah. I think it might surpass things that we might we might typically put even higher, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I tend year. to agree with you on that. <laughs> but Robert, is it time to rank it? Oh man, is I'm a little anxious, honestly. I mean, I think it can't be. It, well, I guess the question is, does it get the S? I think it's an S tier, honestly. I think Oshinoko is an S tier anime. Okay, it might just be our grading scales. I'm slapping Oshinoko with an A plus. Why? <laughs> I feel like I have more qualms with it than anyone. Than, than you, I mean. I think for me, S is like... For me, A plus is 100. And... Okay, yeah. It is, like, A plus is like 97 to 100. Like, you nailed everything. I have nothing bad to say about you. But is it a personal... Does it touch me personally in that way that's going to be special? And I don't think Oshinoko hits me personally. Like, I have no complaints. I think it's pretty perfect as a series. But it doesn't... Something that hits S might might be lower from an objective standpoint, mm, but it's okay. special to me in that way. I tend to agree with you. I think I think A plus is is good then because like like you said, there's not much about about this that like touches a chord or like hits me in a certain spot or like I'll remember where I was when I watched it. Like with Gash Bell, of course. Yeah. Like you know where I <laughs> I remember certain moments and where I was and like the feelings I felt. And obviously, Oshinoko is a substantially better produced anime than Konjiki no Gash Bell, but well, well let's you know, relax a little like bit. you said <laughs> it's about it's about the feeling I, I you're right a plus is perfect for it it is about as perfect of an anime production as you can get from the opening theme to the end theme like everything is spectacular season episode one and it's hour and a half runtime to the you know final episode 11 with the most beautiful pop production i've ever seen you know it was all great this might ruin anime for me for the rest of the year frankly yeah, I don't think there's anything else that's going to come out this year that I'm going to, like, actually want to watch. But I guess on that note, like, the premise is so weird and original. Like, that's another thing that I really love about this is that someone had the balls to think of this weird and random idea and just run with it and do it so well. Like, I hope we continue to get more series like this rather than boy with a demon fights bad guys and then there's power levels and recycling of same idea so i hope that i get surprised again at least one or two more times this year with something totally strange and out there i don't think it's happening this year i mean i'll take one of those a year <laughs> at this rate honestly <laughs> maybe i'm getting greedy yeah yeah <laughs>
Robert, any parting thoughts for our audience? What do you think Meltcoon's power level is? With that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time.